Thanks for tuning into that OK Show. Today we've got Ryan the Freak Freeman in the studio, man. What is going on? Hello. It's been a while since somebody introduced me like that. Uh, how cool is that? Dude, I, I miss it. That was the college name. Yeah, dude. So, NSU, safety guy. I mean, we share a lot, and we just kind of figured out that we've really never formally met, huh? Yeah. Apparently, we've been around each other our whole lives, got a lot of mutual friends, but uh, never really crossed paths until just recently. We even went to a wedding together. and we had <laughs> How crazy is that? That's funny. Um. So tell me about your experience in SU, man. How, how how'd you like how'd you like Tahlequah? Dude, I loved it back then. Now if I go back and visit, it's crazy. But like, uh, you know, I, I went there from 2010 to 2014, and uh, I loved it. Like, I thought it was just the coolest experience ever. I came from small town, no water, never seen a pretty girl in my life, and then I get there and I was like, oh my god, there's pretty girls everywhere. You know, I went kind of boy crazy. Yeah, man. I it it was an eye opening experience for me too, being from small town Ketchum. You don't. And Tahlequah's not even that big. No. You know what I mean? We don't all. even know anything about a big city. And being, it's just crazy, man. But uh, I remember I used to tell my friends, I was like, you go to OSU, you need to come to NSU. NSU is so much cooler than Oklahoma State University ever could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like going to a glorified high school. That's all it was. Man, big one. Do, you think it, uh, do you think it helped you get to the point where you are today? Definitely. Uh, my whole childhood, I was just the quiet, shy kid. I mean, I was always a little bit outgoing, but like, I was still like, I had no social skills. Like I rushed fraternity when I got there and, uh, <clears throat> that just really helped bring me out of my element. Like they almost didn't let me in because I was so weird. Like the guys that I was looking up to, like they, one of them was dating my friend. Uh, her name was Miranda and his name was Kane and Kane was talking to me. He's like, man, I mean, you seem like a nice guy, but this may not be the fraternity for you. You may want to go rush one of these other ones. And he was trying to kick me out the door before I ever got in because he thought I was pretty weird. But they ended up taking me in, and I'd kind of just blossomed under them. You let them be a little part of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they helped a lot. Uh, so what for, what frat was it? That was Pi Kappa Alpha, Pike. I I mean, I knew that. but Yeah, just for the others, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, tell me a little bit about your frat experience, man. Oh, man, it was whole different lifestyle like you know the first year i was there it was 2010 uh for for about three months uh you know, there was pledge ship and pledge ship is it's a lot like the movies you know it's a lot, a lot like what they make it out to me and nowadays they've changed it completely it's completely different back then you know it was a whole different lifestyle as a you know i always compared it to being in the military and going through boot camp it was like a lot like that and uh we had a lot of people quit a lot of people would quit and join other fraternities like next year and all this. But uh, that was just, you know, the bad parts of Pledge Ship. The fun parts of Pledge Ship where, you know, you're new, you make all these friends, you got these new guys you call your brotherhood, and then uh, you guys have parties all the time, and you guys cheat off each other so you can pass classes, and there's a lot of pros to it. I, absolutely, man. I I, uh, I saw it firsthand. I wasn't in a frat, I, and I probably should have been, but mm-hmm. I got to see all the benefits of it. Yeah. Just seeing all you guys, the camaraderie was really cool. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, we the amount of times I've seen people like, "Hey, this guy's talking shit" or whatever like that. Can we cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of times I'd see people like getting fights and then like the whole fraternity like getting their cars and run across town to an apartment and like just everyone pile up all at once. No, nothing ever happened. No one got beat up really, but uh, you know everybody always have each other's back. It was a. It was a brotherhood, man. Yeah. You guys had my back, and I wasn't even a part of it. That shows you how cool. Did you have an experience like that, too? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. It, it was just really neat, man. Do you think that Do you think that Pike helped you get to the point where you are today? Oh, definitely. Like, At, 
God, like uh, whenever I started wrestling, I more so than NSU did. Yeah, hundred percent, like hundred <laughs> percent. If it wasn't for Pike, like I honestly don't know what I would have done with my life. Uh, see, I always wanted to go to mil- uh, not military medical school. I always wanted. I knew I wasn't smart enough to be a doctor, but for some reason, I knew I wanted to be in the medical field. So uh, I always thought I'd go to NSU for like two years and then switch. But uh, you know, later on, it's like you know halfway through sophomore year and I'm like, Oh man, I really don't want to leave now. I've got all these friends and I'm doing great. I don't think I want to leave. So that's why I went into the safety field. And that's my grandma literally just told me one day on the phone, like, Hey, you should look into environmental. And I was like, I've never even thought of that. And I, uh, it's not going to go away. Yeah, it's not. And I, <laughs> I really took more of a liking into safety. Like she had told me going to environmental and it was just kind of a dual, uh, like what'd you call it? Dual, Edge sword, yeah, yeah kind of. Like, yeah, it was environmental health and safety management. It's like a double major, and uh, I really just, I really just took after it. Like, uh, I like the safety aspect a lot more than environmental. And the funny thing about the environmental was like everybody in there would, everybody in there would just uh, for the environmental classes, everyone would share like everything. And I'm sure you remember this, but like the tests would have been recycled from like over ten years ago. Like, oh, I know. We had all of the old assignments, all the old tests everything it blew our minds when we'd get something like new like hey did anyone do a paper over this environmental topic like no that's new like what we were like people i I still have people to this day well not anymore but like over the past few years people message me like hey can you do you have like a two-page paper over this topic and i'd be like dude it's two pages that'll take you an hour just go (laughs) like i did my master's after nsu and i had to do like five to seven page papers every single week like double spaced over a stupid topic that i cared nothing about and I just got to be really, really good at just pushing these out. Jesus. Dang it. Okay. Um, do you think that they were doing that to set us up for networking? Do you think that was a networking thing? Because I, I really thought of that. <laughs> I really do think that that they were uh there's a little more to it than just that. I that, can see that. Yeah. That like, they really wanted us to get to know each other. That's what me and Kenny think. I've man. never thought of that. Did Kenny have the same degree? Mm-hmm. Okay. He graduated with, I think, probably with you. Oh, okay. I'll have to, I'll have to meet him. He, uh, yeah, I can see that now that you say that because, like, dude, he had to know. We were all sharing those tests. Like, everyone has the same answers. Like, we might change a little thing here and there, but, like. Exactly. Like, how do you fail those classes? You already have the answers to everything. And it was because they wanted to help so much. Yeah. And they'd always told us, like, you will you will get all of your real experience out in the field. Like, everything we're teaching you here is just practical. As soon as you get going, that's when you'll really learn everything. And I can agree to that. Like, my first safety job I got, I literally walked out there one day. And there, I gave a safety meeting about not using your cell phone. Didn't know what else to say. Told them to be safe. Wear your PPE. And as soon as the safety meeting was over, I'm like, what does a safety person do all day? And like, I had like a 12 hour shift ahead of me and I didn't know what to do. And I just literally stood there and watched these two people work all day long. Nowadays, people call that bird dogging. Yeah. At that moment, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I don't know what to do, where to go. I'm going to get fired. And I sat there and stared at people. And for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what a safety person does, I work for a construction company and that's literally my job. I'm just supposed to make sure people don't get hurt and they're working safely. So as you can imagine, what are you supposed to do all day long? So you can do a safety meeting, do some paperwork, and then you're literally just kind of sitting around, walking around, watching people work. It is. It's a it's a hands-on thing, and that's what really brought me into the program, man, was the idea that what I was doing was going to be evolving all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no day is ever the same in safety. It's really not. Like, you can have your down days and your up days, but there's never, like, a set structure. Everything is going to be the same. Yeah, because, I mean, 
life happens. Mm-hmm. Every day. Oh, and it's so it sucks so bad when somebody just something simple as cuts their finger and has to get stitches. Like <laughs> that, that will ruin your whole day. Like it takes hours. The paperwork, the everything. Paperwork, like oh, and the wording. Like you know how you. It's. I can think of plenty of situations where like some guy would just do something simple, hurt himself, cut his hand, and I'll do the paperwork and just say, "Oh, this person was doing this and he cut himself," and I'll say it incorrectly. No, no, no. He didn't cut himself. He just scratched himself deeply. Because you can't be a quote-unquote cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is touchy nowadays. Very touchy. And, like, they taught me early on, like, people will panic if you just use certain words, like, wasn't paying attention, something like that. (laughs) Like, the littlest things, they'll just freak out about it. Speaking of early on, man, I want to... I want to bring up the wrestling deal. That's yeah. that's what that's what that's I brought what you on here for, for is the side college. hustle, dude. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't help but talk a little bit about our background, but the wrestling thing. So, what got you started into wrestling? What when was your first, dude? Really big wrestling memory. Same as everybody else in our generation, just watching Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the late nineties. They killed it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll never be done again. So, I uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I. Uh, I actually got grounded from watching wrestling from like 99 to like 2002. Like my mom was like, we're done. No more. Wouldn't let me watch it anymore after that. So I didn't see anything. And, uh, one day I had a friend over and his dad was there and his dad liked wrestling. And, uh, they put it on our living room TV and like, it was like a match with like Rikishi and just Kurt Angle or something. And I was like, Oh, I haven't watched this in years. And I just immediately just fell back into it. And then it was just off to the races from 2002 until right about the pandemic started, I was every single week watching wrestling. When the pandemic started, I kind of just got a little stale to it because the crowd went away. But uh, now I try to watch AEW. WWE, I watched like the Royal Rumble and uh, WrestleMania, maybe some other big shows. But for the most part, I've really just been watching AEW this past year. Really? Yeah. Have you Are you familiar with AEW? No, let me know about it. Yeah, let's oh, hear it. Oh, this is it, man. So <laughs> they had these all these independent guys that were great. And a lot of their contracts have went up. A lot of people's contracts went up with WWE at the same time. Like there was a guy named Dean Ambrose. There was a guy named, I know uh, that name. Yep. Uh, there was a guy named Neville and, uh, there's just a small handful of guys. And then Chris Jericho as well. He had left and went to Japan. He was kind of free to, to do what he wanted. And they all decided, Hey, let's start our own promotion. So they got Tony Khan. He owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is the new Vince McMahon. So he owns AEW. He started it up and, uh, Cody Rhodes, which is Dusty Rhodes son. Uh, them, some other guys, they all came together and they started this promotion and it's on TNT, the TNT Superstation, Ted Turner. Yeah. It's on there. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Turner. Ted Turner. And uh, anyway, they started the show back in 2019 and it's just taken off and it's really successful. And uh, I always thought, you know, every person who ever wants to be a wrestler wants to go into WWE. Uh, as soon as AEW took off, it kind of changed. Everyone wanted to go to AEW because they see that their schedule is different. They don't have to work 270 days a year. They work every other week or every week. But I was just about to ask, what's the what's the main difference for you? I can see that you're very interested in it. So yeah. what's the big difference? The main difference for me is like WWE nowadays, they, they're the mecca. They're like, uh, think of it, your baseball guy, think of baseball. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are, you know, the Yankees and they have their, their farm teams. And so... They have NXT, WWE has NXT, and under NXT, they have just a whole pool of like 100 people, maybe more, who are trying to get into the WWE, trying to make their way in, and they're signed making, you know, 
20 grand a year, something just barely scraping by. And uh, a lot of them will never make it even to the main show. They're all signed, but really they sign them just so they can make sure they're not going to other promotions like Impact Wrestling, AEW, all these other promotions, Japan. Kind of a suffocation process. Yeah, suffocation process, exactly. They, they don't want them to succeed but they because if they succeed, it makes their ratings go down kind of thing. They just want to control the whole field, the whole industry of wrestling. So AEW starts up, and they are – Tony Khan is very big on giving back to independent-level wrestling. That's what I do is independent wrestling. And um, he is very big on making sure that everybody gets to live out their dream. So all you have to do to get onto AEW Dark – which is uh, it's kind of a developmental show. Like they take their guys, their superstars, and they put them against independent guys. So like guys like myself or guys who've been working for ten plus years who never got their big break, they'll put them against those guys who send all their information in and get approved. Those guys get to come in, they do their own travel, they get five hundred bucks a match, and they get to go and live out their dream. They get the perfect poster, you know, Orange Cassidy versus local yokel, <laughs> and they get to have that poster the rest of their life. They get a five hundred dollar paycheck and. That's so cool, yeah. dude. So they're kind of giving back. It's really cool. And uh, also, like, big names like Chris Jericho work there. Sting works there now. No yeah, joke. Sting came back, and he works for AEW. Um, Taz, who used to work for WWE. Like, Man, I really liked Taz. Yeah, there's a good roster at AEW right now. And uh, some of the biggest names in wrestling today, like I told you, Cody Rhodes. There's a guy named Kenny Omega. And I didn't know Kenny Omega at all, but he uh, he was a Japanese. He's, a, he's from Canada. He's from Winnipeg, where Chris Jericho is from, and he uh, wrestled in Japan. And like he got, like he has the uh, the mantra that he's the best wrestler in the world. Like everybody yeah. says, Kenny Omega is the best. Him and then a guy named Will Osprey. And uh, anyway, he he's there now. So they've just got this really stacked, impressive roster. But uh, kind of to bring it around to AEW and how my involvement with them is, uh, I was in Michigan last year working, doing safety. I had to pay off credit cards. Finally got debt free, and I'm like. I need to pursue my dreams. I've been, I've trained for wrestling. I'm on working shows. Now I need to get serious. So I saw like, ironically at the same time, it was like, you know, divine intervention. God was speaking to me and he was telling me do this. So, um, I, one day I see Cody Rhodes has a new school called the nightmare factory. And, uh, repping the shirt, repping too, the shirt too, right now. So Cody Rhodes has the nightmare factory. It is now, the school that's right under AEW. So it's like, you know, it's the developmental program for them. So it's their, their junior leagues, their NXT of WWE. Yeah. So he has that and he's starting his own class. So immediately I'm like, I've got the funds. I can do this. I've got the money. I can do this. So I start reaching out to him, sending him my wrestling resume because in wrestling, you have to have a wrestling resume. So I send him my resume. I, uh, start, I message him, uh, the co-trainer QT Marshall and message both of them on Instagram, uh, send emails like, I'm blowing them up and I'm not getting anything back. And then one day I'm at the gym. It's quarantine. I'm paying 50 bucks a month to go to this garage gym. That's terrible. <laughs> and I get a call from some random number in Atlanta. And uh, he's like, Hey Ryan. I'm like, yeah. He's like, this is QT Marshall. And I'm like, no. And I like run out the front door <laughs> and he, he calls and I go to my truck and just get in the truck and I'm just, you know, listening intently sweating, you know, wasn't from the wrestling just cause I was like, this yeah. is the biggest moment of my life. So he calls and he says, Hey, uh, we're looking through your stuff here and, uh, you're too trained to do this class because they want beginners. They want, they want yeah. athletes. They want just people with the, the, the fun, the money it was about 5,000 for Cody's class. So he wants, they want people that are like athletes, stud guys that are new to wrestling. He wants beginners. So 
uh, he said, you know, you can't, you can't do Cody's class, but I have a class. I've had this school for years, same school. You're still going to nightmare factory, but you're going to be in the advanced class, not the beginner's class. And I was like, hell yeah. So, <laughs> so perfect. Put me in there. So I, uh, finished my job right about the same time I'm having a baby. Uh, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. I have the baby, uh, and, uh, me and the mom aren't together, but we, uh, you know, I told her I'm going to go do this. So I'm, like, remember how I was saying God got involved? Mm-hmm. My mom and dad years ago, like 2016, moved to Georgia because they're flight nurses and flight medics. And uh, they bought a house in Lawrenceville. That wrestling school is in Norcross, and it's 25 minutes away. And they own a house there. So I'm thinking, oh, crap, I can just live at their house. They have since moved back to Oklahoma, and they're renting it out to, like, flight nurses and just nurses, basically. So uh, I told my mom, hey, they're all moving out. Like, just let me move in and take it like run it out to wrestlers. So we own a house 25 minutes away from the school. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Just out of pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. All this happened just fell into my lap. And, uh, I had the money, I had the location, I had the house, I had, you know, a means of filling it out, everything. So since then I moved in, uh, cleaned out everyone else's stuff that moved there. They all moved out and I packed it out with wrestlers. I have former wrestlers from Lucha underground, uh, some people that own a promotion in Utah, and then uh, they'll bring, I'll bring in like a random beginner and they'll come move in with me from time to time. So it all just fell into place. I got to the wrestling school and that's kind of when everything started. Like I get in there and like my first week there, Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass. No, he's there. Fucking way, <laughs> and I'm dude. like, I walk in, I just see this big yoked guy and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is what I came for. So I get to do a practice match with this huge guy and we put on this heck of a match that, you know, wasn't even that good. <laughs> and Billy Gunn comes like, all right, you need to work on this. You need to work on this and just critiques our match. And like, so you've talked to Billy Gunn. I've talked to Billy Gunn. Yeah. That makes my heart like <laughs> skip a beat, uh-huh. man. It's been, I was probably Ryan. I couldn't tell you the last time I thought about that name. Nothing like, oh, yeah. but, but he's man, degeneration w- X, mm-hmm. just like, so they're getting people from that era. Yeah. Seriously, like, like yeah. Billy Gunn. <laughs> Billy Gunn. Are the people. And his sons work there, too. They work for AEW, and they were just coming in as extras. And then I believe he got them signed to contracts. So they have something called the Gun Club now. And it's like <laughs> dad and his boys are on a wrestling team together, and they just wrestle matches together, mostly on Dark. But they have Dynamite on Wednesdays. That's live. That's, you know, that's the big show. It's like Monday Night Raw. And then they have Dark, which would be like. Um, it's on YouTube. It's just like two hours long and it's more under more independent. Yeah. It's not really storyline. It's just like, it's good practice matches. You're getting to see fun, interesting matches. Do you think that you're going to see a whole lot more stars come to a, I, I can, I don't, I haven't followed wrestling in a while and I can see WWE coming to that. Cause that's such a cool idea, man. I mean, I'm like, I'm at a loss of words for it. I never knew that was going on. One of the biggest things that's different is like WWE Everything is scripted and it's wrestling. Everything's scripted anyway, but like WWE is so scripted. You have to memorize a script. You have to memorize a match and you have to do the moves, move, 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 move. And you can't mess anything up. Um, AEW is complete freedom. They say, Hey, this is your storyline. Run with it. This is your wrestling matches. Who you're wrestling. I'll put something together. Like they give you complete freedom. You can go out there. You got the microphone. You say whatever's on your mind. Whereas WWE, go. Yeah, WWE, it's here. This is your script. Memorize it and say it. AEW, they say, here, go out there, talk about your match, or you know, they'll give you maybe a topic, and they'll just say, go. Where do you think wrestling would be now if we would have had an AEW growing up? Well, I mean, we had WCW, and that was 
Was WCW yeah. like AEW? Was it unscripted? I mean, it was very similar, but wasn't. It was more more like WWE. Uh, I really wasn't a WCW guy growing up, but I knew that's where the money was. It was Ted Turner. It was both Ted of them. Ted Turner, yeah. TNT, both of them, WCW and AEW. So it's you know a rejuvenation of that. But like, yeah, this is the most freedom any of the wrestlers have had in their whole career. So if we would have had that growing up, uh, man, if WCW would have performed better, that would have been great. WCW had some just like. Did you know Glacier? He was in WCW. He looked like Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. He he is a trainer at Nightmare Factory. He's a good. He's a great guy. His name's Ray Lloyd. And uh, my first night there, I never watched WCW. Like I started watching it since then, before they shut down the WWE Network. And uh, he he was like, "Hey, my name's Ray," and you know, I knew some other wrestlers who knew him and stuff. And I talked to him, and he is the nicest freaking guy. He is so nice, and he's a kung fu master. Also, he's a big white guy. He had like a square cut haircut, and he's just. He's a kung fu master. He could not anymore, but back when he was a wrestler, he could kick the ceiling fan. Like, <laughs> how how crazy are those? What am I trying to say? How different is it being a, on a personal level with the wrestlers? Like not seeing their facade. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I've I can think of like all these different scenarios. Okay, so when you were when we were kids, <laughs> did you know Molina? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I know Molina personally <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that woman crazy. helped me go through puberty. Like, I remember I, I was in Atlanta mm-hmm. here a little over a month ago for NWA national wrestling Alliance. And they were making a resurgence as well. And, um, they had Chris masters. Remember the master lock guy yeah. they had him there. Uh, Nick Aldis is their champ. He's married to Mickey James. She used to wrestle with Trish Stratus. Trish so, Stratus is a name drop. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> James storm, uh, a girl named Taryn Terrell, um, just pretty much naming all the girls here. Stu Bennett, which was Wade Barrett. He was there. Um, the Rock and Roll Express was there. Like, I can just think of all these different people, and I'm getting to work backstage with them because I'm on the ring crew, and I'm kind of like – I was the, the timekeeper at one show. So, like, I'm sitting side stage at a pay-per-view watching every single match happen, ringing the bell, wearing a headset, telling them, like, giving messages to the back, and I'm like, holy hell, I've made it. <laughs> like, I just couldn't believe it. So you've had that realization. Mm-hmm. Me and Kenny have been talking about that. That little moment that you just talked about when a person thinks yeah. and made it. You think, where have we come from? Like, we're from small town Oklahoma, and I'm sitting in this exact situation where I am right now, and I'm seeing these people, and they know me by name. I'm friends with them on Venmo now because I have to go do their their <laughs> beer runs and stuff, and they send me stuff. <laughs> like, the littlest things come to fruition, and I'm just like, this is so crazy. Do you think being do you, would you have ever imagined yourself being from small town Oklahoma and getting to no be any yeah man you're getting money from your your idols yes and like what another what? thing we didn't even talk about this yet so you remember do you ever play SmackDown versus Raw games on PlayStation oh, yeah. 2? Oh, AEW yeah. has their own game coming out by the same game makers Jukes yeah uh, they have their own game coming out. Me, being an AEW's developmental, they told us one day, hey, go to Diamond Dallas Page's Performance Center, take a ring there, set it up, and y'all are going to do audio recordings. There's a video on YouTube. I'll have to share it with you. They, uh, I'm there as we're taking bumps and doing random moves, and it's the, the audio for the for the game. So in the game, whenever you see Sting hit Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho falls to the ground, the noise when he makes when he hits the ground is the noise I made when I hit the ground. <laughs> like, That's it. So I did You're all gonna- the recordings. No joke. Not all of them, but yes, like a, a so, good handful of us. So you're going to be, quote unquote, captured inside that video game. Yes, 100%. Ryan, I think that 
you just tied this episode together better better than I could have <laughs> tied myself because that's that's all I want from this podcast is is a place for me and the people not even necessarily the people in my life, just the people of eastern Oklahoma to be captured in a little time capsule. Exactly. Like you right now. I mean Man, not, I, I talk to people all the time and just tell them like Chase your dreams. You got one life to live. Like, do have, it. We have a friend who's a rapper, and we have a mutual friend for everyone yeah. who doesn't know who's a rapper. And I'm like, dude, if you would have talked to me 10 years ago and said you want to be a rapper, I would have thought you were stupid. Nowadays, I'm like, do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what else do you want? Like, uh, people move. I tell people, move to Nashville if you want to chase country music. Like, I, I go do it. Very forward on telling people, hey, you got one life to live. You're gonna, the obstacles will always be in your way. You're going to have times where you're broke, you're going to have times where things are hard. But it's worth it. It's going to pay off in the end. And if you can get past them, man, you can start doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing better than waking up and doing even just a little bit of what you want to do every day. Exactly. Ronda but, Rousey lived in her car. John Cena lived in his car. Arnold Schwarzenegger lived, lived in his car. car. Like, these, like you have to go through some hard times. That's going to To get to the happen. good ones. But it will pay off in the end. So if you like, if you're listening to think, man, I really wanted to just open a church. I really wanted to start my own business. It's going to be hard. It really will. Go take will, the first step. But just take the steps. Like, it's worth it. Man, and it, and it always will be. And Ryan and I, uh, I think we're out of time today for the first episode. That's but, uh, hey, man, I appreciate you coming over, dude. dude. And we're going to be talking about wrestling a lot more. I'm excited. Thank you. You, <laughs> you just said the name Billy Gunn, and it fucking inspired me, man. I'm going to do some push-ups now. It's so good. Dude, he's you, jacked. <laughs> nobody will ever know how much I've been inspired throughout this whole deal. It's really a crazy deal, man. I'm happy. That makes me I, feel good. I appreciate you stopping by today, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. And guys, thanks for listening. This is your host, Cecil Brown, saying thank you. Have a good night.